I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Tuesday, November 19th. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage, in some cases, stark conversations. We don't do prayers or buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity, and we do step on a few toes along the way sometimes. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us. And we do it all right here from the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But first, let me remind people that our audio streams live at www.letstalknative.com. And we stream live video of the show on our Facebook group page or pages uh, via Facebook Live. Our shows are available as podcasts on your favorite podcast platforms after our broadcast. We take the video of this show and we post it up on our youtube channel which is let's talk native tv um and so i, I encourage people to to subscribe to both our podcast and our youtube channel i am the host and the producer of the show uh, i'm assisted in studio by jake proud who is managing our uh, audio and our video um let's get into it all right so there's this thing coming up um in december it is um, a meeting in Washington, D.C. to talk about um, working out the details or the, the specific regulations that they're trying to put together for what they're calling the General Tribal Welfare Exclusion Act. They actually call it the General Welfare Act or uh, Ex- Welfare Exclusion Act, the GWEA. Um, I'm sure they're going to come up with a great thing. What are they going to call it? Guia? Uh, <laughs> the Guay, maybe. I don't know. Um, but so this General Tribal Welfare Exclusion Act, this is, let me explain what it is before I start blasting what it is, but or, or what the problem is with it. Because I'm going to talk about taxation today. I'm going to talk about why we can make such a, a strong case and should make a strong case against pushing back and rejecting the, um, both state and federal taxing authorities on, on our lands. But so here's this general tribal welfare exclusion act. And here's what the federal government is saying that they are trying to gift to us. They're trying to pass legislation to allow us to avoid or to be excluded from taxation for certain benefits that we get um, as native people from our own tribal governments. And, and I, I don't like using the word tribal, but that, you know, just to, to use their words. So the idea of a general tribal welfare exclusion act is to say, okay, we want to be able to to ascertain which benefits individuals get from their nations um, that we want to provide tax exemption to. Now, this still may not mean anything. People are still wondering, well, what the hell does that mean? Well, to be clear, the federal government thinks that they can tax everything right they they think native people are uh or they argue that we are taxable there's, there's no foundation for it but they argue that they can tax anybody including native people but they could they've even go so far to say well if you're if you prov- get provided a benefit that we can assign a monetary value to let's say it's a health insurance we can tax you for that if you um get uh 
get something, um, some sort of benefit from through housing, and that house becomes yours and becomes your property, then we can assign a value to that and we can tax you for that. So let's say you get you you get a a house through a housing program and you get a certain subsidy for that housing from uh, from your your nation. The federal government says, oh, we can tax that. So this General Tribal Welfare Exclusion Act is there's their attempt to say, well, you know what? We're going to give you some deference on that. We're, we're going to give you some exclusions for some of the, the, the tribal benefits that you get. But there's a catch. They said, we need to determine that, you know, for one thing, you're not getting paid for service. So they're 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 trying to be very very clear. We're not going to allow you to uh, to claim your uh, your income from your wage from the work or the performance of work that you do. No, we're not we're not giving you a tax exemption on that, which is problematic. But we are saying that if you get a benefit, just a general benefit from your nation, as long as it's not too extravagant, so. Some white men in Washington are actually trying to get Native people involved in the conversation so they can determine what benefit would be too extravagant for this exclusion. I mean, the fact that we're still, we still top every list you don't want to top, like, you know, uh, suicide rates, you know, substance abuse, uh, uh, you know, you know, all everything. I mean, you know, um, uh, death by cop. I mean, missing and murdered indigenous women. You know, um, uh, unemployment. Uh, you know, the, the lowest life expectancy. All those lists that you don't want to be the lead in. None of that stuff's going to matter because they're going to say, even though none of that stuff gets affected by you know by your tribal benefits, we're going to determine which ones are, are are too extravagant. I mean, this is you know in 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 the words of my my buddy Ross John, this is where racism creeps in to even something that many people are going to try to say, oh, this is something they're trying to give this to us. No, they aren't. No, they aren't. They aren't trying to give something. They're trying to compartmentalize something. Very, very specific, very, very limited, and in doing so, saying, getting us to concede, but everything else is taxable. So they're, they're trying to get us to concede and to agree and essentially sign on to their taxing authority by recognizing that they have the right to exclude us over a certain, you know, a limited number of things. They are, they're, they're, they're opening up a news and they're saying, no, go ahead, stick your head in here. Stick your head in here because it's going to be like a warm hug. No, it's not. It's going to be like hanging yourself. So, I mean, and the Seneca Nation is participating in this. And I, I'm not going to, you know, sit there and say, okay, the, you know, I'm not charging Seneca Nation officials, but I guarantee you they're lawyers. <laughs> I guarantee you their lawyers are saying, oh, no, we, we need to help de- define um, what these exclusions are. Well, here's the problem with that. We have to challenge at its foundation whether the federal government has any taxing authority over us or not. And look, it doesn't matter if you have paid taxes. It doesn't matter if you do pay taxes. Because that's not the same thing as the federal government having the right or the authority to tax you. I mean, they're assuming, they're trying to convince you that they're assuming this authority 
and that their taxing agents, their IRS, and everybody else can try to squeeze us. But we don't really effectively fight it. In fact, there's so much that we don't fight in terms of our identity and the distinction of not only us as individuals, but our lands and where we are. And I'm always going to go back to the same thing. Imagine anybody, man or male or man or woman, and let's just say a woman. A woman works in uh, perhaps she's the receptionist at the tribal council offices in the William Seneca building. So she makes her seventeen dollars an hour answering phones and directing, you know, directing people to their you know to where they need to go what when they when they call in or when they walk in the building. She's Seneca. She lives on the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. Her her home is something that it, that is here on Seneca, you know, really clearly defined and established and recognized Seneca land. Her children are Seneca. She she lives here, she works here. She works for the government, the Seneca Nation government. She's not selling her labor to an industry someplace else. She's not selling cigarettes even. I mean, and I'm not trying to parse it in such a way that I'm saying those things are taxable. But here's this woman doing this work as a Seneca person, working for the Seneca people, and giving her life's service in the service of the Seneca nation and the Seneca people. And the federal government gets to take a third of her income. What? Wait, what? How, how is that possible? How could the federal government, a separate government, assert taxation on the income of a Seneca person or any native person for that matter? Or living, working, within the Seneca Nation, for the Seneca Nation, for the Seneca people, how can the federal government claim, as a separate government, claiming tax authority to, to take a third of that income? Now, if if what I just explained to you sounds absurd, that happens all over. That's that's what's happening to every tribal counselor, every every nation employee. And you know what? It's not even limited to the nation employees. And there's a lot of those people, by the way. We're talking about a lot of people here. Thousands of people that work for the Seneca Nation in one one way or another. But even if you don't work for the Seneca, if you work on Seneca Nation territory, if you're deriving your income from, from putting your time in to a job on Seneca territory, and I would argue even off Seneca territory, if you live here and this is who you are as a person, where does the federal government get the the um, the right to tax that? Well, and, and I'll tell you, from nowhere. There's nothing. There is no place in history where there's ever been a delineation or an establishment of the United States having the the authority state and the individual states or the federal government to assert taxing authority over Native people. Right from the start, let's be clear. Article two of the of the 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 Constitution of the uh, you know um, the United States Article two it um, it talks about uh, taxation and apportionment of representation and and it and it's very clear that when they're listing 
who is who should be counted, who should be represented, and who is taxable. They they say this you know that it includes three fifths of all slaves, essentially black people, and excludes Indians not taxed, excluding Indians not taxed. So. Which is, it seems to be redundant to say, well, okay, then we, we we can't tax somebody who's not taxed. Well, yeah, that's, that, I mean, again, that's the command of the English language by the founding fathers of the United States. So they clearly distinguish that we are not a part of their constitution, that we're not a part of the country, that we're not taxable, and we are not to be, be counted for apportionment of representation in Congress. I mean, that, they, I mean, that, it's clear. Now nothing has changed since then. There's nothing in the in there's no treaty, there's no concession, there's no referendum, there's no, you know, suit or request, nothing from the Seneca Nation that ever says, "Oh yeah, can you now um uh, include us?" There's been a lot of assumptions. And some of those assumptions are based on essentially something that is that's illegal i mean it's it's illegal for the united states to to strip or for any country to strip somebody's nationality and impose their nationality upon somebody that's called denationalization um it would later be defined as one of the elements of genocide in 1924 well let me back up so when they write the constitution they clearly know that we are not part of their their system that we are not taxed we are not represented. In fact, we're mentioned two other places in the U.S. Constitution. One where they, where the executive, the president of the United States, has the authority to nego- to, to negotiate treaties with with us, and, and we're specifically listed right alongside foreign nations, foreign countries. That the that the president of the United States has the authority to to negotiate treaties with us. That's the other place where. Now, the third place is in what's called the Commerce Clause. Now, the Commerce Clause. This is, again, a hugely mischaracterized uh, provision of the U.S. Constitution. It says, Congress shall have the authority to regulate commerce in and amongst several states with foreign nations and with Indian tribes. Now, I want to say like, one word I've got to repeat. With Indian tribes, not of Indian tribes. It doesn't say they have the, the, the power to regulate our commerce. What it says it has the power to do is regulate their commerce with us. So they can regulate what an American does, um, uh, how, just like they can regulate whether how an American conducts commerce with foreign nations. They they put us in this in the exact same. So in the two places, the the treaty clause and the commerce clause, we are mentioned as equal in the same light as foreign nations. The other place that we're mentioned is is when they're trying to figure out well, how they're going to apportion taxation and representation um, uh, under the Constitution, and they say, "Well, we're not talking about Native people. We're not talking about Indians. They're not taxed. They're non taxed." So after you know the, the, all of the battles over you know slavery and the Civil War, and they passed the Fourteenth Amendment, where they where they try to clear up who is and isn't a citizen. They talk about that all persons born under the jurisdiction, born within the United States and under U.S. jurisdiction, are citizens. Now, they're talking about black people. They're talking about slaves, primarily. They aren't talking about us because we're not under the jurisdiction. 
And how do I know they're not talking about us? Besides my own assessment that we weren't under their jurisdiction is because that's in 1868, I think. In 1924, they attempt to correct that by saying, well, we declare all Native people are, are hereby citizens of the United States. Provided nothing in this provision um, violates their uh, their personal property or their, or their tribal property or whatever else. Now, the idea that they, they think they could pass a law that just declares us Essentially, not just, let's be clear. It isn't just that the language says they declare us to be U.S. citizens, but the implication is that we are no longer distinct, you know, citizens of our own nations. By declaring us U.S. citizens, they're attempting to strip us of our own. And that's illegal. It's, 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 for 10 years, the international community is already listing that kind of behavior as a war crime. And most of us never acknowledged that. And you know what? That was not successful either. How do I know that? Because 10 years later, they pass um, another law called the Indian Reorganization Act, where they try to define Native people, literally defining an Indian as somebody who is under the jurisdiction. Now, if we're not under the jurisdiction, we're left out in limbo someplace, you know, and, and that's still a problem because... Their definition, many of us rejected the, uh, the Indian Reorganization Act. That was an attempt also to, 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 um, get away from traditional governance and the governance that, that we use for thousands of years in some cases, um, and create these little mini U.S. versions of, uh, you know, of Indian country, you know, by having a U.S. style constitution and delegation of authorities along the same lines as theirs and that kind of thing. Um, so the idea of reorganizing ourselves as these little constitutional republics um, was something that, that many Native territories rejected. And their definition as a tribe, banner nation of Indians subordinate to the laws of the United States, many of us re- rejected that. And the fact that we rejected it is still an issue today because when the federal government is looking at Native federally recognized uh, Native peoples who are trying to reclaim lost lands, they say, look, if you weren't under our jurisdiction in 1934, then you can't make a claim to have lands put into trust for you. Well, that's interesting. So you're saying that many of us weren't, although we are Native, you're acknowledging that we weren't under under your jurisdiction in 1934. (laughs) So there's so many places that this thing breaks down and, and doesn't hold up. And, and the reason I'm bringing all this stuff because this all goes back to the whether the federal government has the authority to tax us, among other things. So it's it has always every attempt to do something that would place us under their wing has failed, and they acknowledge that it fails because they still have provisions in today's law that revert back to the what they call the 1934 rule that they're acknowledging. That even after the passage of the Indian Reorganization Act, that there were there were clearly Native people who were not under U.S. jurisdiction. Well, if we weren't under if we weren't under jurisdiction, it means that we weren't their citizens. It means that we weren't taxable. And if we weren't taxable in you know in 1792, and we weren't taxable in you know in 1794, and if we weren't taxable in 1924, 34, then when at what point do you, are you saying we're we're taxable? I mean, they passed the the um, 
um, the income tax statute in, in 1913, I think, is when the Internal Revenue Service, the income tax was established then. And that is a bit of a hurdle because that kind of tax was not um, laid out in the original Constitution. They had to create that taxing authority. Now, here's where it's also problematic. The Seneca Nation has no taxing authority. They have no law that allows them to tax their own people. There's nothing in Seneca Nation law, custom, tradition, law, history, even in their in in their previous manifestation under the the Guyana de Gaulle, the or what people call the chief system, but it was really supposedly the clan system. There was nothing that ever established an authority to create taxation on Seneca territory. So the only taxation that takes place on Seneca Nation, and look, we can get into disputing whether Seneca Nation is charging certain fees that can be interpreted that way, but but really the only entity that claims that tax is the, is the federal government. And they claim it without asserting any foundation. Again, I go back, I go back to the receptionist having a third of her income being taken by the federal government. Now, it isn't literally being, the federal government isn't literally coming in and taking it from her. Her employer, the Seneca Nation, is remitting a third of her income to the, you know, to the federal government. So, there's this complicity, and again, there's tax payment, assumed authority, uh, taxing authority, even the absence of actual taxing authority. And this is where the problems exist. So to show up down at 1500 Pennsylvania Ave in, uh, on December 3rd to discuss the General Tribal Welfare Exclusion Act is pretty problematic. Because if you're going to suggest we're going to sh- we're going to we're going to fight for these this narrow establishment of certain benefits that we can you know, that we can get that come from our our nations our uh, you know our, our you know the administrations on our territories that there, that a certain amount of those benefits that we receive on uh, that meet a certain category are not taxable. So are we saying any for everything else is? I mean, this gets into some of the problems we have with, you know, uh, fighting the IRS over um, the annuity checks that the Seneca's receive. Is that taxable? Well, why would it be? The federal government's been trying to subpoena and, and squeeze the Seneca nation for years over this. Now, most people are oblivious to, to these conversations. Now, what the Seneca nation did in, in an attempt to to make sure that that inco- income would not be taxable was they don't give away a percentage of gaming revenue. That's not the way it works. Seneca's don't get gaming revenue. What they get, or, 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 or what, the, what the Seneca Nation does is they charge the gaming corporation a lease for the, the place to run to run the casinos. So what the Senecas get in terms of annuities comes from the lease of the property to the Seneca Gaming Corporation. So it's a payment, it's an income derived from the land. This is an area that the IRS is still troubled with. They won't really come out and say it. They have in the past, and that's why we, we still have some of that stuff that we can rely on, but they have in the past said, well, we don't consider income derived from the land taxable. 
They, they, they claim every other income is. So income derived from land, that sounds, well, that sounds like farming. Well, it, would, it also would include rental. I mean, I, I got a friend up, uh, up north who the IRS has been chasing after because he derives some income from, from homes that he rents out. Well, that's not taxable. But the IRS agent up there in, in, uh, in Aquasasne doesn't know that. And, and we can tell him. But there is no... Um, the IRS has acknowledged that, that income derived from the land, which would include leasing something on the land, like leasing property. So essentially what the Senecas get in terms of annuity is not gaming revenue. It's lease income. It's lease income the Seneca Nation gets from the gaming corporation that they distribute to the and this isn't a ploy. It's a it's a it's a it's a um a system that they put in place for how the the Seneca Nation derives income from you know from, from gaming. Now this is still a battle, though. I mean, we still have the, the IRS still trying to figure out how they can not only tax that, they even want to tax, you know, other um, uh, benefits, you know, uh, sitting fees on committees and, and that kind of stuff, which, frankly, sitting fees to sit on a committee, um, even under this General Tribal Welfare Exclusion Act, would be taxable. Why? Because you're getting paid for a service that you're providing. So it's very it's really problematic and that's and it's part of the reason that we should not play this game. We should not stick our head in that noose. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, where this thing really gets racist and and of course it's all racist because the failure of the federal government or the state government or any taxing authority or anybody to recognize our distinction is a failure to recognize um that we are not them. By claiming that we are them, they are saying that we have been sub that we have been subjugated, and we haven't. And the assumption is that we are just too primitive, and that we are that. I mean, subjugation literally the word it means under the yoke. It means that they, they that we've been put into their service, not just as you know military, but to subjugate somebody means that you've put them under you. I mean that's. That's racist. I mean, that's that's superiority inferiority. That's that's the uh, the hierarchy. That's the the whole idea of of being superior to somebody is when you can place somebody beneath you. It's it's the definition of racism. But the I mean the the best example of the racism tied to this specific provision is that is that angle to say, well we we need to establish that the benefit that we're going to exclude from taxation is not too extravagant. And and to be clear, when they want to define extravagance, they're going to say it's relative to who we are, not relative to who they are. They're not going to say, well, our, our doctors drive Porsches. Um, you know, our um, CEOs, you know, pull in X amount of billions of dollars and, and they have all these, you know, uh, yachts. And, uh, so if we have a yacht, it's extravagant because we're only native people. And we shouldn't have luxuries. We should only have necessities. That's the racist part of the of this uh, of this law. All right, we'll take a break. Um, I want to get into into some specifics, and and I've written quite a bit on this subject. So I want to, I again, I want to 
go through some history and put a finer point on some of this stuff, but we'll do it when we come back. This I'm John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native, and we'll be right back. Simple song, simple man In simple thrift store clothes and a simple thing He's gonna make it someday He's gonna make it someday That was a lifetime ago 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 Ain't no thief gonna take my gold Ain't no priest gonna save my soul Ain't no thief gonna take my gold Ain't no priest gonna save my soul My soul My poor soul My soul And you know me I'm a believer And you know me I couldn't leave And you know me I'm a believer And you know me I couldn't leave If I try If I try No, no, no I try No no, I've tried. Ain't no thief gonna take my gold. Ain't no priest gonna save my soul. Ain't no thief gonna take my gold. Ain't no priest gonna save my soul. My soul. My poor soul My soul My soul Alright, thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. And we are talking about taxation. But before we get into that, let me talk about... Um well, we'll talk about revenue. <laughs> I want to. I want to thank my sponsors uh, because it's it's their contributions to what I do that'll um, that give me the revenue to uh, to do what what we do here. So I want to thank uh, Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses. I want to uh, thank uh, Eric White. And, uh, Eric White in ERW Enterprises, uh, and my good friends at uh, GRE and NWS, uh, that's Grand River Enterprises and uh, Native Wholesale Supply, for supporting the the programs that we do. And I and I'm not just talking about these this program. I want the one that I do in New York City, and for, for that matter, the uh, the video productions that we do. And and that's something that we're we are really trying to um, 
take the next step towards um anybody who's watched the short form videos that we've done you know that we have been honing our skill on that and, and i think we've got a better product today than we did perhaps when we first started shooting them um and they are different than the than just recording a show uh and we want to take the next step we want to actually do a full-length documentary so we are working towards um making sure that we have the equipment inventory to do something like that and uh and it's you know the folks who support the show on a weekly and a monthly basis that allow us to peck away at building up that that inventory but uh for those of you who who want to do more and and, and want to step up perhaps some of you who support us in the past that haven't in a while um we're looking to to, to raise you know between two and three thousand dollars to to buy some additional equipment so we can take the next step so um if you haven't contributed to the show in a while Please do keep us in mind, and uh, you can look. I got a PayPal account. You can find uh, I'll, maybe I'll post a link to it or something like that. Uh, but you can certainly reach out to me and um, make a contribution anyway. Um, I also want to thank those who contribute by sharing the show. And I know that we're our podcast numbers are get, are going up, our our YouTube numbers are going up. So I know that there are those of you who are sharing on Twitter and Instagram and uh, on Facebook the um, the you know our our shows and our messages and and i appreciate that uh, i gotta give a special shout out to my wife who uh posts the the facebook live stream of this show on to um a couple dozen um several dozen uh group pages so that's how we we get the word out and you know look a lot of what i'm talking about here is stuff that people think they know or they know a little bit about but don't know enough about and i think it's important that, that people understand you know one of the things that that should be noted but i i'm careful on how i tell this next part of you know of what i want to talk about because i don't want to make this sound like a complaint i what i'm really trying to talk about is that is the distinction and how different it is to be a native person living on native lands and in particular living in uh, as as a as on lands or again, more specifically, here living in Seneca territory, and and it's not unique to Senecas, but what, what we can talk about some very some very specifics. But one of the things, let me give you an example of the attitude that guys like Thomas Jefferson had, and I've talked about this um, this past. He wrote a letter to. Um, a guy who actually would be uh, um, president later on, Henry Harrison, who was the the governor of Indiana or something like that um, territory, wasn't even a state, um, and he wanted to talk about how it is that we that he wanted to manage the relationship with native people, and and it's 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 kind of creepy in a way, but I think it's it's important. And, uh, and let me read a little bit of this. It says um, the system is to live in perpetual peace with the Indians to cultivate an, effect, an affectionate attachment from them by everything ju- just and liberal which we can offer them uh, within the bounds of reason, by giving them effectual protection against the wrongs from our own people. So what he said is he wanted to cultivate our love from us. Now, he didn't want to cultivate... And an affection attachment with us. So he didn't want to have a relationship with us. He wanted to cultivate an, an affectionate attachment from us. So he wanted us to fall in love with them. 
I mean, and that's kind of creepy. But that's what Thomas Jefferson was telling William uh, Henry Harrison uh, about the strategy to manage the, the relationship with Native people. And, he, and here's one of the ways that he wanted to do it. He said, to promote this, uh, to promote, and, and the whole idea was to try to draw our love, you know, get, get us to love them. And then they can convince us that we should live like them and get rid of our lands. So to promote this disposition to exchange lands which they have to spare and we want for necessaries which we have to spare and they want, we shall push our trading houses. Now these are essentially government-run trading houses. We should push our trading houses and be glad to see the good and influential individuals among them run in debt. Because we observe that when these debts go beyond what the individuals can pay, they will become willing to lop them off by session of their lands. At our trading houses too, we mean to sell so low as to merely repay the cost. So we're going we're gonna to sell our stuff at cost. And, uh, and, and to do this, because we, we, want, we want these guys to buy from us. So, so, to, to, um, so low as merely to repay the costs and charges so as neither to lessen or, nor enlarge our capital. So they said, no, we're not going to sell them stuff to make the money. To make us money, we want to sell them stuff just to run them in debt. That's that was the whole plan. And let me uh, uh, in this way, our settlements will um, uh, will gradually circumscribe and approach the Indians, as they will in time either incorporate with us as citizens of the United States or remove beyond the Mississippi, which was also Jefferson's plan. In this way, our settlements will gradually. Um, uh, the former is certainly again to incorporate with them and become U.S. citizens. He said the former is certainly the termination of their history. So he acknowledged that if we become U.S. citizens, we simply will, will no longer exist as, um, as a culture. It, it will terminate our history. Most happy for our themselves. But in the whole course of this, and again, this is still Jefferson writing here. But in the whole course of this, it is essential to cultivate their love. As to their fear, as to their fear, we presume that our strength and their weakness is now so visible that they must see we only have to shut our hands to crush them, and that our liberties to them proceed from motives of pure humanity only. Again, we need to convince them that we that that we love them. We need to cultivate their love, and we need them to be convinced that. Everything we are offering them, we're doing purely out of just, just uh, in humanity only, pure humanity only. Should any tribe be so foolhardy as to take up the hatchet at any time, the seizing of the whole country of that tribe and drive them across the Mississippi as the only condition of peace would be an example to others. So in this one letter, he talks about extermination, removal, assimilation, um, and of course, termination, which is the, when he says, once they become citizens, their history's done. And, and this is the great part. This is, this is one of the great lines. And, and, and it sounds almost Nazi-esque. He says, um, um, again, when he says, uh, driving them across the Mississippi as the only condition of peace would be an example to others and a furtherance of our final consolidation. I mean, this has got final solution, you know, written all over. This is Thomas, Thomas Jefferson saying, this will be the furtherance of our final consolidation. Our final consolidation. This was the plan. To cultivate our love, 
and affection and take our lands and, elim- and eliminate our distinction under under the threat of being crushed. This was Thomas Jefferson. Now, th- the reason I bring this up is because, think about this thing. We couldn't borrow against our land. But they would run us in debt with the intentional purpose of convincing us to lop off that debt with our land. This was a way that, I mean, this is like the, the mortgage crisis of, of 2008. I mean, and, and, and again, the key says, no, and, and don't sell them stuff to make money off them. We're going we're gonna to get their land. You don't, you don't need to, you, just sell at cost. Give them, give them a mortgage rate. You know, give them a mortgage. It doesn't matter if they qualify or not. It doesn't matter if they qualify for, for, you know, for lending them stuff. Give them credit. Give them a mortgage. Because we're going to foreclose. I mean, this is Thomas Jefferson. This is the, the enlightened one, right? This, is, this was supposed to be the enlightened president. No, this guy was a scumbag. I mean, let's not, let, let's not kid ourselves. Now, the interesting thing is, at some point, our lands could no longer be lopped off to satisfy that. I mean, after look, I mean, this, this system worked. I mean, 95%, maybe even 98% of all our lands were surrendered through some of these very processes. And people say, yeah, but you sold that land. No, Do you, don't you understand that this was a covert exercise planned by the by the president of the United States. So no, don't give me this. Don't give me this bullshit about. Oh yeah, well you guys just willingly sent a soldier land. No, we were coerced. We were cheated. We were convinced to take all these wares that we probably didn't even need. Why? Because there was a no return policy. No, you're not going to return those pots and pans. <laughs> no way. We're, you're going to pay us our, uh, with your land. But at some point, that no longer happens. And the reason I bring this up is because what people don't realize is that we don't have banking on our territory. We can't go to a bank, borrow money to build a house or to build a business. We oh, we can we can go to a bank and borrow to to buy a car. Why? Because. They can always repossess that. You can't repossess land. You can't, because the banks or any financial can't seize our property, real property, fixed assets like that. We can't start a company. We have built economies with a handicap that most people can't even imagine. Can you imagine trying to build an economy without banking? I'm not talking about merchant accounts here. I'm not talking about that because that's something we're paying for. That's not, I mean, this isn't the same as borrowing. I mean, the, the idea that everything we build on our territories is built out of premium, out of, out of capital that we have to have in, in hand. Look, it is a handicap, but it also is what it makes us distinct. So when I hear the federal government talk about taxing us, when we don't even tax ourselves, that we've never even considered the um, to, to assert taxing authority on our own people, and yet you think you can assert it on our own people, and and we become somewhat complicit in it. Like I said, it doesn't matter if we have paid taxes. It doesn't matter if we do pay taxes. It still doesn't mean that you have the authority to tax us. You purporting that you, that you have the assumed authority to tax us is not the same thing as uh, asserting that you have the legal authority. Now, the crazy part is we don't get the benefit 
of the, even the taxes that you're, that you've been screwing us out of. And I'm not talking about the one, one and a half billion dollars that the state grabs in the center. I'm, I'm talking about every dime that you're squeezing out of everybody who has an income. And I'm not even talking about social security or disability. I'm talking about federal withholding taxes. I mean, we could argue, and, and there's plenty of people who say, well, if you pay Social Security, then you're a citizen. Well, that's not necessarily true either. I mean, that's an assumption. And look, I, I, I get the whole argument about, you know, our birth certificates being, you know, uh, you know, putting us on the list for potential gross national product and, and a lot of other stuff. And, and I know, you know people have gone and made those arguments. That's not what, even what I'm talking about here. I'm just pl- talking about plain and simple the federal government not having the authority to tax us and not only not having the authority to tax us, but, but trying to make people understand. And, and, and in this case, trying to make our own people understand there are reasons not to pay taxes, not just because they don't have the authority to tax us, but because we don't benefit from any of that system. There's system out there. You can go to a bank and you can borrow out there. You have other things that are, that are in place that, tax dollars are connected to now i mean look people say well you have roads those roads that go through our territory aren't for us the throughway wasn't built for us it was built for you with your tax dollars and then we end up i mean the crazy part is beyond the toll issue (laughs) the seneca people have probably paid more in tolls since the 50s when they built the goddamn throughway than they received for the easement for the throughway in the first place I mean, that's just effed up, man. That's just wrong on so many different levels. But then compound that with the fact that at a certain, and look, we haven't always, we haven't always been complicit with paying taxes. It's something that it came back only several decades ago when, when a white man who worked for the Seneca Nation said, you know what? Um, I'm an employee and I got to pay federal income tax. Uh, I, you guys may not have been taxable, but I am. We could argue whether that was even true. But so he starts sending federal withholding. And, and of course, when, when people are barely making squat, federal withholding doesn't seem like very much. It's, it's not a third of the income when you're, when you're, when you're you know, on the poverty line. But now that people are starting to make you know, a decent wage, it's between 25 and 35% of your income. A Seneca counselor who's making $100,000 a year Thirty thousand dollars. They are that the federal government makes the 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 federal government <laughs> makes thirty thousand dollars off of every counselor. Sixty thousand dollars from the president. I mean, it's it's absurd to think about this that the federal government gets to profit from the Seneca Nation government employees their own salaries i mean that it's it's absurd and through all of that we don't have the infrastructure on our territories especially the financial infrastructure that exists for everybody else that's out there and and i say that not as a complaint again we're different we aren't white people we aren't americans and look, and if you're a Seneca and you consider yourself American, then God bless you. <laughs> but, but, but the reality is, 
That's a personal choice. But I'll tell you, you aren't living in the United States if you're living on the Cattaraugus territories of, of the Seneca Nation. You're not living in New York State. They may be surrounded us. But there's, and, and I've gone through this many times, but there is no place in, uh, in U.S. history that shows a transfer of land title from the Seneca nation, from the Seneca people to the United States. Not only title, but jurisdiction. Sovereignty. I mean, look, after the whole invasion of Iraq and, and all that other stuff, there was all, and they made a big grand deal when the United States finally handed their sovereignty back to them. They said there was a transfer of sovereignty back to, uh, back to Iraq. Yeah, how'd that work out? <laughs> After they destroyed the country, they said, oh, we, we transitioned back and we gave them their sovereignty back. Well, the funny thing is about Native people is, you know, we never sacri- we never surrendered in the first place. So you don't have, you can't claim legitimately. You, you can claim it. You can, you can say it. You can say that we're U.S. citizens. But if we haven't asked to be U.S. citizens, then then your your claim is kind of hollow. And there's no place, so there's no place that you can establish that the land is part of New York State or New, or the United States, or that we are taxable by New York State. You know, New York State thinks that they can tax us. I mean, they don't tax income, but they think every transaction we do on our territory that they have they have the right to tax it. I'm I'm not Seneca, but so if if I buy something here, if I buy a carton of cigarettes, and I don't smoke, but if I buy cigarettes, New York State believes they have the right to tax that purchase. They don't, and they can't, and you know, and they can make the claim, but they they physically can't tax that, but they claim to have that right, and it's the same thing the federal government does. So I mean, and all of this comes back to the same thing, and and I know this is where people get uncomfortable, but it's racist. It is. It is the whole idea. Because let's be clear, New York State and the and you know even Thomas Jefferson when he when he talks about us becoming U.S. citizens, they still mean I mean that we're beneath them. The idea of becoming a U.S. citizen is not to be the equal to Thomas Jefferson. No, he's saying yeah, this will be the end of their history. This will be the termination of their history. So we will cease to exist as what we previously were. So this isn't the idea of gaining something. He acknowledges that this will be them losing something and that we should be happy about it. Because what you know, this idea of being U.S. citizens means that they can have our land. So when when anybody tries to say, well, you're 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 no different, you know, than us. They don't mean it that way. They mean, yes, you are different because you're less than us. You're a person of color. You don't have the same privilege that we have. In fact, the idea that I can tell you that you're no longer native is my white privilege to be able to tell you that. And and that's the manifestation of racism. To say that that we that our distinction doesn't exist, that somehow a white man had the right to just say it and that it would just go away, that is inherently racist. 
Just like, again, back to this General Tribal Welfare Exclusion Act, that they can not only try to lure us into this trap where we'll we'll say, oh yeah, but you're not going to tax us on this, this, and this. Everything else you can tax us on. But not this, 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 and this. And then they'll say, well, we're not sure about this one here. We have to determine whether this one is extravagant or not. Is this too much of a benefit? Are you getting too much? Because we get to decide that. You're going to help us determine what that parameter are, is. And then after we determine what is extravagant and not extravagant, we're going to tax you for it if you ever if you ever get a benefit that we're going to decide today where that limit to extravagance is. We'll tax you from that, and you're agreeing with that, right? You're agreeing with us, right? No, that's that's what's that's what's at play here. The statement that needs to be delivered in Washington D.C. on December third at this meeting, I guess, or, or whatever this is, this listening session is to tell whomever is running this meeting, the, the Internal Revenue Service, we don't know your shit. You don't have taxing authority over us. And the fact that you're even trying to do this, the fact that you're trying to try, uh, carve out these, these little exemptions, is your own acknowledgement that you don't have it. That's why you're trying to do this. You're trying to gain taxing authority by creating these little exemptions. And we're on to you. See, that's the message that's got to come from the Seneca Nation and the Seneca Nation lawyers. Not saying, you know what, we might be able to slide annuities into that or maybe even sitting fees. No, you probably won't. Well, maybe you can slide annuities in it. But but everything else, let's, let's be clear. Annuities are a great thing that people get, right? But it's, it's not enough to... Look, if you live off your annuities, you're living below the poverty line. You're not you're not living off of that. It might help you make a car payment or a house payment or something like that. Or a, you know, uh, and when I say house payment, I'm 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 talking about an internal Seneca Nation mortgage program, or you buy a mobile home off territory because if you don't pay that, they can pick it up and drag it out of there. So I don't want to I don't want to confuse the issue. But there is no, I mean, look, this is why people have to understand how important it is that at some point we draw that line in the sand over our distinction. And, you know, it isn't even just over taxes. I go back to the, to the same concerns I have about, you know, talking with Matt Hill when he's in here, talking about fighting a speeding ticket. How is it that we're still allowing anybody to assert that certain parts of this community Cattaraugus Territory of Seneca Nation lie within Erie County or Chautauqua County or Cattaraugus County or worse yet in the town of Collins or the town of Brant or the town of Irving. How? How is that we are allowing this? The deeds, the Seneca Nation issues, when they describe land, they not, they don't just give the GPS coordinates or they say all that land on such and such a marker, such and such a marker on the Cattaraugus Territory of Seneca Nation. They go on and they say, in the town of Brant, county of Erie, state of New York. My buddy Matt said, I don't want a deed that says that. Do you think they would remove that language from the deed? No, you know what they did? They redacted it. They just put black over the top of it. They didn't even take the time to say, you're right. And in fact, 
we need to pass a resolution that we no longer use state, county, and town in the description of the properties of Seneca Nation deeds. Thank you, Matt Hill, for bringing that up. No, they just redacted his. Come on, folks. We got to do better than this. We've, we've got to do better than this. And you know what? The address for the William Seneca building isn't Irving, New York. It's the Cataractus territory of the Seneca Nation. It's not Irving, New York. The Seneca Administration building uh, in Allegheny is not city of Salamanca, state of New York. It's the Allegheny territory of the Seneca Nation. Can we get the damn thing right? We're not them. We're not taxable. I want to thank you guys for listening. Please check out some of the stuff that I'm talking about here. You can find a lot of this information. Reach out to me if you want to learn more. I'll point you in a direction. Um, We all need to understand these concepts and make sure that the people who are carrying our voices for us understand them too. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.